You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 69. Hey guys, let's just jump right on in. Today I'm going to be sharing with you some thoughts about where you currently are in your life. And the title of this podcast is The Best Is Now. That's right, I said right now. The best is now. The best you have in your life is right now. And it is scriptural and it is biblical. And I want to encourage you today. Many of you are going through difficult circumstances. Our last episode was all about the conspiracy of discouragement. Many of you are discouraged, but can I get you to lift your eyes a little bit? Let's lift our sights beyond what we see right now. I've been encouraging you to get your eyes above sea level because we walk by faith and not by sight. The best is right now. You know, so many of us are looking to the beyond for the better. And the best is right now. You know, you hear people say all the time, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I want to get you to see that the things that you are experiencing right now don't make the bigger picture of your present. Remember, the scripture tells us that he is a present help in the time of trouble. You guys... Listen to me. We've got Jesus right here. The presence of God is with you right now. He's not with you later. He's with you now. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's consistent. He's God all the time. And he's God right now. And he is not limited by your current circumstances. Your best is right now. Let me just give you the scripture that brings this to mind. John chapter 2, verse 10, and I'm reading from the New International Version. Listen to this. It says, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Now, some translations say you've saved the best till last. You know, you've heard that statement. You've saved the best for last. Well, in this instance, the story here is, the backstory is that Jesus shows up at the wedding of Cana, and it's his first official miracle. It's his first time on the scene, and Jesus doesn't just have a word. He brings a miracle. I want you to remember that. He doesn't just bring a word. He brings himself to the picture, and Jesus shows up at this wedding, big celebration going on, and Jesus shows up. And as the celebration's going on, people are drinking and they're getting intoxicated. They're getting wasted because the scripture tells us <laughs> after the guests have had too much to drink. So they were drinking too much. And Jesus knew that. And so then Jesus uh, kind of steps in and, and he tells the servants who are working there, the attendees to the table, the waiters and waitresses, he says, get these pots and go down to the river and fill them up with water. Water represents our natural and some of you are in the middle of natural circumstances. You're going through things that you don't think God has anything to do with, nor will have anything to do with. But I'm telling you right now, God specializes is invading the natural with his supernatural. Let me say that again. God specializes in invading the natural with his supernatural. 
and then it becomes supernatural. And so Jesus shows up and he's about to perform a miracle. And I love that when Jesus tells the servants to come down and bring their natural to the table, Jesus is telling you guys right now, whatever natural circumstances you're going through right now, bring it to Jesus. Don't leave him out of the difficult situation, your job, your family, your marriage, your children, your finances, your physical well-being, your health, your mental health, your relationships, whatever is natural in your life, bring it to Jesus because your natural is a platform for God's miracle power to work in your life. You know, when you first came to Jesus, you brought your natural self to him. You brought your mistakes and your failures and all the things that made up you. You brought your vessel, this empty vessel to God, and he filled you up with himself. So Jesus waits till they get to the, you know, the area where he is with all these buckets of water. And after everybody's drunk, Jesus makes that water turn into wine miraculously And when Jesus performed this miracle, the master of the wedding said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. Because if you bring out the most expensive wine and it's the most aged and it's the most rare, people aren't going to drink a lot of it because they've already been drunk. So you're not going to waste all this good wine. All right. But then he goes on and he says, but you, speaking of Jesus, have saved the best till now. Now, a lot of translations will say you've saved the best till last, as I mentioned before. But can I encourage you that your best is not later. Where you are right now may look really, really bad. But Jesus is all about showing you that you really have it better than you know. Let's just take current circumstances. Most of us are healthy. Most of us are alive. (laughs) If you're listening to this podcast, all of you are alive. That's good news. Maybe you are going through a struggle right now, but you're here. I love this song that we sing in worship. It's an older song. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. The first few words of that we miss. Here I am. You know, for many of you, The devil thought he had already taken you out. He had already canceled God's assignment on your life. He had already ended your story. He had already turned the circumstances against you and you were at the end of the story and it was all an unhappy ending, but here you are, here I am. And when I sing that song, realizing what I'm saying, here I am to worship you in the midst of every trial and circumstance that I've gone through. Here I am right now. God, here I am. I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I know what happened to me yesterday, but now is a new moment. And I am trusting you right now that right now is the best right now. I've got it better than I've ever had. And you know why you need to say that the scripture says now faith is why is that important? Because faith sees it now. Faith does doesn't see it coming to pass. Faith speaks it as if it has already happened. Some of you are in the midst of building a ministry, building a business, starting a relationship. 
entering school, taking exams. Maybe you're studying to become a doctor or maybe you're preparing yourself for something big. But when you are in faith mode, you see the end as if it is happening now. Faith is the substance of things what hoped for. I'm hoping for this, but yet at the same time, while I'm looking at my hand, I see it now. See, you may not have it in reality. It may not have come to pass right now, but your faith tells you that it has come to pass, that it has happened, that I do have it in my hand. I see it. Why do we know that? Because God is not limited by time. God does not walk a normal timeline like we do. God is outside of time. So yesterday to God is right now. Today to God is right now. Tomorrow is God's now. God sees everything as now because he's not limited by time. He doesn't get old. He doesn't age. And so when you are praying to God right now, God is also in your future at the same time because he defines the boundaries of time. So to God, when you pray, you have to see it like God sees it. God sees what you are hoping for as now. You're hoping for that marriage to be restored. God says it's happening right now. When you're, when you're waiting to get out of debt and you're making progress to getting out of debt, Lord, I believe that I'm going to complete this journey and I believe that I'm out of debt right now. God sees it as right now. You need to see it like God sees it. God's perspective isn't progressive. It's instantaneous. Every miracle and every provision that is yet to come in our eyes is happening right now because God is not limited by the confines of our timeline, our circumstances, our lack of resources and relationships and connections. We're praying to an almighty God. And I told you last week that never let the enemy reduce God down to something natural. He's the almighty God who is outside of all limitations and confinement. God is not trapped. God is not without answers. God is not without connections. God is not without resources. Your best, my friend, is right now. And I'm lifting somebody's faith right now, even for myself. I'm in the middle of a little bit of a fight right now. But you know what? I see it as happening. I see it right now. I am choosing. I'm I'm speaking to you as if I'm speaking to myself. That's where I get my word. You know, uh, you don't have a word unless you're in a circumstance that requires it. Sometimes that circumstance, when your heart is seeking a word and God has spoken to me and said, Tony, the best is now. I know it looks bad, but the best is now. I know it looks impossible, but the best is now because with man, it is impossible. But with God, come on, somebody, all things are possible. Can somebody give me an amen out there? You know, if you've got nothing but Jesus, you've got everything. I'm going to say that again. If you've got nothing but you've got Jesus, you've got everything. Ephesians 3 and 20, for our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we can ask or think. I see Jesus looking at some of you right now and saying, man, if you could see what I see, (laughs) if you could see what I see, you'd never be afraid again. You'd be more excited than you can possibly imagine. And I know maybe there's some rough times coming. 
Maybe some of you are still going through a real battle right now and you can't see the best. Get your eyes off of the battle and get them on Jesus. Jesus is the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Faith requires seeing something that isn't physically there, but is promised that it is there. Come on, somebody. Get your eyes off of your problems. Get your eyes. And I know it's hard, man. Distractions and discouragement and despair all around us. Our world is just going crazy, y'all. And I know some of you are experiencing the effects of that. You're sensing that. You're walking through that. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, lift up your eyes. He's with you. His promise is bigger than what you see. His promise is bigger than what you feel. His promise is bigger than your emotions and your feelings and your circumstances and your surroundings. Hey guys, I want to take just a moment right here in the middle to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, write us out a generous review right there on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us what you think, and then share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you're hearing today. We're talking about the best is now. Your best is right now. It's not coming. Man, if you could just see what Jesus sees right now, you'd never worry again. You'd be amongst the most excited Christians on the face of of the earth. Christians are people of faith. They're not people of sight. We don't judge our circumstances by what we see. We don't even judge our circumstances. We trust God for what he says and what he sees. So let's just jump right back into this idea that the best isn't yet to come, guys. I promise you right now, open up your eyes. The best is right now. Your best is now. I was reading in the book of Ezra this past week. And the Bible says that the Lord stirred the heart of King Cyrus. This is in chapter one of Ezra. And then it skips down and it says, the Lord stirred the heart of King Cyrus to let them go and rebuild the temple. That's an exciting day. They're coming out of captivity. 50,000 Israelites are now cut loose from their captivity in Babylon. And they are given permission to go back and build the temple in Jerusalem again. And that's an exciting day. Praise the Lord. But did you know that they had to walk across the Arabian desert all the way from Babylon to Jerusalem? And it was somewhere in the area of 1,700 miles, 1,700 miles. You talk about a dry, hot, discouraging, exhausting journey. Wow, that's discouraging. God set you free, and now you got to look at the desert. That's all you see is desert. Praise God Almighty, we're free. I've got this promise. I'm excited about this new venture, this new journey, this new business, this new ministry, this new and exciting thing. And then all of a sudden you get set free and you get prepared and the journey gets started and you get ready to begin and you look out and all you see is desert. How many times has that happened to somebody? I know that's happened to me quite a bit. I get a promise and now I got to walk through a desert. You know, when God called Noah to build an ark, the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then he had to go build an ark. How about that? You know, and this impossible task is before Noah and he has a promise and he has a vision and he has direct instructions from God and he gets a word from God. And now he's got to go build a boat and try to get two of every kind of animal on the boat. What a journey. 
And it takes decades for this to happen, for this boat to show up. It didn't just show up. And I know some of you think that, you know, Tony, what does this have to do with the best is now? Well, let me tell you something. Just because the best is right now doesn't mean you're not going to have to walk through some deserts. And the best right now doesn't mean that you're not going to have to build a boat and see some impossible come to pass. But God is a miracle working God. And when you say the best is now, you're trusting God. Did you know that you're going to find the best in your trust? You're going to find the best in your trust. That's where you find the best. It's not necessarily that it's manifesting itself. It's that you're trusting that it's going to come to pass. So what I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to give you this false image of, you know, perfect life and everything's going to be no problems and no issues and no opposition and no adversity. That stuff is going to come in the middle of your best. While your best is staring you in the face, you're going to be having to walk through some adversity. I call it the university of adversity. The best doesn't mean that you're not going to have some issues to deal with along the way, but the promise that God has given you is right now. The promise is now, and yes, the fulfillment is yet to come, but you've got to change your vocabulary and the way you see things. The best is not coming. The best is now. Now faith is. The best is in your trust. And you know, if I can just strengthen your trust right now, if I can just inspire you to trust a little more, quit trying so hard and start trusting. I like to say, stop trying and start trusting. Stop trying and start relying on the truth of God's word. The word tells us the best is now. Your best life is not coming. God didn't call you to live a life with your eyes focused on the bad and the horrible and the terrible. You have been translated into the kingdom of his marvelous light. There is light shining all around you. There is no darkness in Christ. You may feel like you're in a dark place, but you're in the most well-lit room in the universe. You are in Christ and in him is no darkness at all. Jesus doesn't see impossibility. Jesus doesn't see empty pots. Jesus doesn't see water. Jesus doesn't see natural. He sees the wine in the water and you see water right now, but God sees the wine. God show us the wine. Show us the miracle before it happens. Let us be expectant that you're going to do things in our day that we've never seen before. Folks, revival isn't coming. We are in the middle of revival. Jesus is pouring out his spirit and his truth around the world. And people have been coming to Christ for 2000 years. This has been a perpetual revival since Jesus started. And Jesus is coming again for a church that's going to be right in the middle of revival. It is awesome, guys. Get your eyes off of the circumstances. Lift up your eyes for your redemption is here. It's right here. The best is now. All right, guys, I want to kind of start to wrap this up and I want to read you a powerful verse that I believe will bring all this to a great conclusion. Ephesians chapter one, verse 18, and I'm going to read it from the English standard version. It says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you might know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. 
The New International Version says, I pray, that's my prayer, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now, I'll just give you a little tidbit of the end of that verse, in his holy people, not coming for his holy people, not coming to transpire or will happen. It's inside you that your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now, let me qualify this. You are a holy person. You may be doing some unholy things. You may have made mistakes and fallen short, but you are a saint. Paul didn't say to the Christians and to the sinners at the church of, no, he said to the saints. He was addressing everybody in the church. Hey, I know some of you are, are really on fire and some of you are on sitting on ice, but you are saints. And what Paul was saying, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, that word in Greek is ophthalmos or hophthalmos, which means the center of your brain, not your brain, but the center of the center of your brain. The word ophthalmos is where we get our word hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus is about the size of a walnut that sits in the center of your brain. And if you could picture it in cartoon terms, there's this little guy that sits in the cockpit of that hypothalamus and he's pulling levers and he's tripping gadgets and he's pushing buttons and he's cranking wheels and he's getting your brain to function. The hypothalamus is the smallest part of the brain, but it's the center of all mental, emotional and physical activity in the body. They say about 90% of all your emotional, physical, and mental uh, processing comes from the hypothalamus. It's what causes your brain to make healthy functions, your reproductive system, your respiratory system, and your organs, your heart, your brain, your kidneys, your lungs, and all your emotions and how your brain thinks. And what Paul is saying here, he's saying, if, if you could put it in these terms, I pray that the ophthalmus, the brain of your brain, the seat of your brain, the very center of the way you think will be enlightened. Like I'm praying right now as I'm giving you this word that a light is going off in your brain, that synapses are sparking and thoughts are being created and joy and hope and expectation and faith that all the lights are going on in your mind. You know, when we say all the lights went on, it's like this revelation and it isn't just something cool that we get out of the word. It's something that turns the lights on or either helps you to see that all the lights are already on. And Paul is saying, I pray that the brain of your brain, the center of your brain, the ophthalmus may be enlightened. I'm praying for physical, emotional, and mental enlightenment in your life in order what? That you may know the hope to which he has. It's already done. You're already a saved and holy and righteous and blessed and prosperous and seated with Christ in heavenly places as you will ever be. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. It's present tense. It's already happening. And what he wants you to see is that hope to which he has called you is the riches of his glorious inheritance. You get what Jesus gets. You've got what God has. You have what is promised to you by God himself and nothing can ever 
take it away from you. You will never lose your salvation. You will never lose your promise. You will never lose the glorious inheritance to which Christ has called you. Why? Because it is a finished work. It is done. That means that every spiritual blessing that comes along with your inheritance is yours right now. Your best is now. Let me read that again. And man, this is my prayer. As we close this podcast, I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center of your thinking, your mind, as a man thinks, so is he, the scriptures tell us. I want to change the way you see your present circumstances. May it may be hard right now. It may be difficult right now, but the best is not yet to come. The best is right now. I pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your brain, the brain of your brain, the center of all your thinking will be enlightened right now, that the lights will go off in order that you may know not think or hope or wish for, but that you may know it, that it may become knowing. Remember, I said the best is in your trust. The best is in your trust. I know right now, I want you to say this with me. I know the hope to which God has called me. There is hope and hope does not die. Jesus is our hope. And if Jesus is our hope, we will always have hope. Come on, somebody. You have hope. I love that. That your eyes, that your heart, that your mind will be enlightened in order that you may know right now the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance inside his holy people. You're a saint and you have the promise of Jesus, eternal, everlasting, never ending presence, love and righteousness in your life. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. First John four and 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. Watch this as he is. So are we in this world right now? You are just like Jesus. You have the same privileges. You have the same blessings. You have the same promises. You have the same authority. You have the same position. You have the same hope. Because as he is, so are you in this world. Whatever Jesus is, so are you right now. When you pray, don't picture yourself pulling blessings down. If you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, that is your vantage point. I see Jesus stepping into our situation. I see Jesus involved. I see Jesus actively working things out for my good. I see Jesus turning things around. Watch. It's not, I'm going to see. I see. There's a powerful song we're singing right now in the church. I see a victory. I see a victory for the battle belongs to the Lord. I see a victory. Not, I'm going to see a victory. I see the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I want to turn the way you talk around. Come on, lift up your eyes and trust the Lord. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. My friend, I want you to believe this with all your heart. Your best is now. Man, that is all the time we have left for today. 
Wow, do you believe that the best is now? Do you really believe it? Are you encouraged? Well, if you are, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, write us out a generous review, and give us five stars and tell us what you think, and then share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you've heard today. There's some discouraged people out there, but you know different. Your faith has been lifted today, and you need to share the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that the good news refreshes the bones. There's some weary people out there. Share this podcast with them and spread the good news of Jesus everywhere you go. Hey, listen, I'll be back real soon with another encouraging teaching, something to help you discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every single area of your life. And until then, we'll see you.